take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on. And today we're going to be in John chapter 13 again. Uh, So John chapter 13. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of John is located, uh, what I would encourage you to do is if you're in a physical Bible, open up to the table of contents and there you'll find that the Bible's broken up into two main sections, the Old and New Testaments. Now, John is the fourth book of the New Testament. So locate the New Testament, the book of John, go there and then flip through till you get to chapter 13. Now, if you're in an app, pull down the list of the books of the Bible and there you'll find that John is about two thirds of the way down that list. Uh, So find John 13. A few years ago, my wife and I helped a friend of ours out. He moved in with us as uh, he was going through a tough time. Uh, And he stayed with us for about a month as he kind of put things back together and recovered. Uh, And we had a great time. This friend of ours stayed with us. We We had meals together. We had a wonderful time together. He even helped us with some home improvement projects that we were doing at our house. But there was one thing about that time uh, that was really difficult for, for Jana and I, and it was this. This friend of ours would walk around the house wearing his tennis shoes without socks. And you think, well, why is that a big deal? I don't know how and I don't know why, but when he wore these shoes, when he would take those shoes off, the smell was terrible. It was one of the worst stinks that I've ever smelled in my life. I mean, uh, you, could, uh, you could smell that odor coming from the room that he was sleeping in when he would take his shoes off uh, in the evening. It, it just infiltrated the entire house. It was terrible. Uh, but w- we went through it. It was a great time, and it was a time of great redemption for our friend, and so it was, it was worth it. But... Have you ever smelled something that was just terrible? Something that you just got sick at your stomach at the very, very odor that it it put off? Well, today, in today's passage, Jesus actually deals with something that is quite like that. Uh, So take your Bibles and turn to John 13. As you're turning there, let me give you some background on what today signifies and where we're at in Scripture. Uh, So for the last several weeks, we've been discussing the last week of Jesus' life, but today is commonly known in the church as Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday before Jesus' death and resurrection. And it's called Palm Sunday because this is the day that Jesus came into the capital city of Jerusalem in victory. Uh, As he rode in on the back of a donkey colt, people would throw down their coats on the road and throw down palm branches on the road for the donkey colt to walk on as Jesus rode in. This was a very symbolic act. As a matter of fact, this act, this action of throwing the coats and the palm leaves down was reserved for a king who was entering back into his city from a triumphant battle of some kind. And so Jesus is entering the city in victory. And so he spends the week after he enters the city. So this next week that we're moving into, he spends this next week in the temple teaching and and confronting people that were opposing him and, and doing a lot of work, healings and things like that. 
But the passage that we're in today, John 13, this is the last evening before Jesus is betrayed. And I want you to very carefully see what's happening. He's in a room commonly called the upper room. He's in this probably second story, a rooftop room, and he's about to celebrate the Passover meal with his disciples. The Passover was this religious holiday that the the Jewish people believe in. It's actually one of the most holy of holidays that the Jewish people believe in. And he's in the upper room, And if you were to begin in chapter 13, verse one, you would find that Jesus has taken off his outer clothes. So he's kind of standing there with just his undergarments. And he wraps a towel around his waist and he begins to go from disciple to disciple, his followers, and he washes their feet. So pick up with me in chapter 13 in verse six. We're gonna read through verse 11. So verses six through 11, it says this. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do not, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I am doing you don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet And Jesus answered him, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. Verse nine, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not every one of you are. For he knew who was about to betray him. And that is why he said, not all of you are clean. So interesting passage. I mean, for a lot of people, the very idea of washing feet just kind of gives you uncomfortable feelings. For most of us, we think of feet as being kind of gross, untouchable, smelly parts of our body. But, but I want you to imagine what it must have been like in Jesus's day. So imagine for just a moment, Jesus and his disciples have been walking around the city all day in nothing but sandals. There are no sidewalks, not concrete sidewalks or, or nice asphalt paved roads. It's just dirt. And so imagine what someone's feet must have looked like what they must have smelled like after being in sandals all day, walking on these these dirt paths and these stone steps and stone uh, uh, landings. It it was, they were probably quite sweaty and grimy. They they were probably calloused and pretty gross looking, caked caked with dirt. And I can't imagine that the smell was, was pleasant. And yet this is what Jesus is washing in this moment, this this exceedingly disgusting part of the body that has been covered and caked in dirt and is is calloused and, and disgusting and smelling so bad. That's what Jesus washes. Pretty interesting. Which is why, if you look in verse eight, you can understand why Peter gives the response he says. In verse eight, it says, Peter said to Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. Well, of course Peter wouldn't want Jesus washing his feet. 
He would not want the Son of God, the man he's been following for years, to wash the most disgusting part of his body. That was, that was not what the teacher, what the leader was supposed to be doing. But Jesus says something interesting to Peter in this moment. He says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Why does Jesus make this statement? Why does Jesus tell Peter that if I don't wash your feet, you've got no part in me and what I'm doing? Well, you see, Jesus is pointing to what's about to happen in his life. He's pointing to the ultimate price that he's about to pay. He's about to go and serve and sacrifice for all mankind. You see, Jesus paid that ultimate price for all of us. Jesus gave his body and his blood to pay for our sins. You see, we've all disobeyed God and therefore we are criminals in his eyes. We need someone or something to cleanse us, to, to make us innocent of our disobedience. And Jesus' blood does just that. Just as Jesus cleansed his disciples' feet, he cleanses our disgusting and disobedient hearts. But he had to give up everything in order to cleanse us. You see, that's how much Jesus loves you. He died and he rose from the grave for you, for every single one of us. When he died on that cross, he took on your sins and my sins and he paid the price. He paid our punishment, the punishment that we rightly deserve. He paid it all. And that, he, that is why he says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. You see, if we are not cleansed of our sins, we have no place in the eternal life that Jesus offers. We have no right to it. It's only through the sacrifice of Jesus that our sins can be cleansed of us. It's the only way that we can be forgiven. It's only through the blood of Jesus. We can have no part of eternal life except through his sacrifice. It's the only way. Now pick up with me in verse 12. So John 13 in verse 12, he says this, or it says this, when he had washed their feet and put his outer garments back on and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Verse 17, if you know these things, 
Blessed are you if you do them. You see, Jesus gave everything for you and I. He loves you and I so much that he served us by sacrificing his own life so that we could be forgiven. And so in turn, he says to go and do the same for others. Our act of following Jesus is to serve others in an extreme way. You see, following Jesus is never about casual following. It's about extreme following. It's about a life change that doesn't just change a small part of your life or most of your life, but all of your life. And in that life change, Jesus calls us to serve one another in a way that is extreme and extravagant. You see, I want you to notice two things. I've already pointed out the first one. The first one is that Jesus washed the most disgusting part of the disciples' bodies, their feet. It was literally the grossest thing that Jesus could have done in that moment. And that's exactly what he did. What I haven't told you is that in order, if you were someone who was having your feet washed, it was a, an act of great honor. Uh, many times you would wash your own feet before you went into a place like a wedding or a celebration or something like that that was indoors. But for someone else to wash your feet was a sign of great honor. And so Jesus is showing the humility that we're supposed to have by washing his disciples' feet. But the second thing that I want to point out that I want you to see in this passage is that Jesus didn't just wash the disciples' feet. He washed Judas's feet. Judas, the man who is about in just a few minutes is about to betray Jesus to death. He washes his feet. Jesus literally washes the, the feet of the man who is about to turn him in for the death sentence. The man that he would later say in Mark 14, he says this, it would have been better for that man if he had never been born. He washes the feet of his enemy on the very night when his enemy would turn him in. That's extreme service. That's extreme love. That is serving. And Jesus says in verse 17 that we are blessed if we follow him in doing this, if we follow his example. If we do something that's extravagantly serving and we do it to everyone, we serve everyone, even our enemies, even those who would stab us in the back five minutes later. I want you to think about something for a moment. Today, when, when this video is being shown, today is Palm Sunday. I explained what Palm Sunday is. I explained that it's the day that we celebrate Jesus' triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem and how the people would lay palm branches down on the road in front of the donkey colt that Jesus was riding. And it was, it was a symbol of victorious entry of a king. But this Friday, 
This coming Friday, just a few days away, this Friday, we celebrate Good Friday. And Good Friday is something I've always struggled to understand. Why would we call a day which Jesus dies on the cross, why would we call that good? Well, it's because we celebrate Good Friday and we know that it's through the death of Jesus on the cross that we're forgiven and that makes that good. And so today is Palm Sunday. Friday is Good Friday. And Sunday, a week from today, is Easter, the day that we celebrate the resurrection, the rising from the grave of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what should your response be to this fact? Think about what we have just studied in the life and teachings of Jesus, how he washed the disciples' feet, that disgusting, gross part of their bodies. He washed their feet. And then not only that, but he included Judas, the man who would betray him just a little while later that evening. He even washes Judas's feet and then tells us that this is an example of what we should do. So what should your response be in the midst of this? For some of you watching and listening, you've never become a follower of Jesus. And maybe you've listened and maybe this idea of sacrificial service and Jesus dying on a cross to forgive you of your sins, maybe that sounds really appealing right now. And maybe you've got questions. Maybe you want to know more about Jesus and about why he is the only way to have eternal life. You see, it's only through the death and resurrection of Jesus that we can be rescued from our sins. And if you've got questions about that, if you wanna know more, maybe you wanna make a decision for Jesus. If that's you, I would encourage you to grab your device right now. Don't hesitate, pick up your device and I want you to pull up your texting app and I want you to send us a text. Send a text with the word changing to 94000. That's the word changing to 94000. We would love to talk to you and answer any questions that you might have about Jesus and what his death on the cross and his resurrection means for you and how you in following Jesus can have eternal life. So please don't hesitate. Grab your device and text the word changing to 94000 and we'll reach out to you as soon as possible and answer any of those questions that you may have. For some of you, maybe it's time to get serious about following Jesus. Maybe you're one of those people that you know who Jesus is and, and you believe in him, but your life hasn't reflected it the way it should. Maybe you look at this sacrificial service that Jesus lives out with his disciples and then tells us to go and do the same. Maybe you see that and you realize that that's not the life that you live, that you don't live in sacrificial service to others in the name of Jesus. And so maybe it's time that you begin doing that. 
And if you are looking for ways to do that, you can always reach out to us here at the church. And we've got ways for you to go and serve here in the church and in our community. We would love to connect you into a way to serve those around you so that you can be a part of leading every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. For some of you, it's time to do just that, to lead others to that life-changing hope of Jesus. Maybe it's time that you plan, that you maybe even you schedule to go and talk to that person in your life that does not know Jesus, that's not following him. And you tell them about what Jesus has done in your life, how he's changed your life and how Jesus can change their life. Maybe it's as simple as going to your neighbor or your coworker or whoever that person is who doesn't know Jesus and inviting them to Easter, whether online or in person here at our church next Sunday. We're gonna have regular services, our classic service at 9.30 a.m. and our modern service at 11 a.m. And we invite you to invite your friends, those who don't know Jesus and are looking for him. So Jesus is calling you to do something extreme. And I know a lot of us don't like that word, but the fact of the matter is, is that's what Jesus is calling us to do, to go do something extreme. So what is that extreme calling in your life? I wanna take some time right now to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to reveal to our minds and hearts what it is that he's calling each one of us to do. And so will you join me now? And, and as I pray, ask the Lord to reveal to you what it is that he's calling you to do in your life. So will you join me in prayer now? Almighty God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the life change that he brings, the fact that he came and he, he died on a cross to save us from our sins. But on the third day, he rose from the grave in victory over sin and death. Thank you that you love us so much that you are willing to give him for us. And Lord, I pray for everyone watching and listening right now. Lord, we see through this passage, through today's teaching of you washing your disciples' feet, we see that you are calling us to something extreme. You're calling us to do something for you. You were extreme for us and you're calling us to be extreme for you in, in return. And so Lord, we pray that you would reveal to our hearts and minds what it is that you're asking us to do. So Lord, I pray for those who are watching and listening right now. And I pray that if they do not know you, if they are not followers of Jesus, I pray that you would give them right now the courage to reach out to one of us, to text the word changing to 94000, to go to our website, to the contact us page, to call us or email us. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to act to do something, to reach out and get their questions answered so that they know 
where they stand in following Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who are watching and listening right now that maybe aren't following you as closely as they should. I pray that you would change their hearts and give them a passion to follow you, a desire to follow you, that you would change their life even more and that you would focus them on the mission to lead others to the life-changing hope of Jesus. So use this time to pull us, to draw us closer to you. Lord, I pray for those who are watching and listening right now who are following you and who know that they need to invite somebody to church or they need to tell somebody about how Jesus has changed their life. Lord, I pray that you would give them courage right now, that you would give them the courage and the words to go and speak to that person or those people. Lord, that you would give them an opportunity in this other person's life to go to them and to invite them and tell them about Jesus. So help people to come to know you. Lead every generation to the life-changing hope that can only be found in your son, Jesus. And use us to do that. Lord, we thank you that we have this opportunity. We thank you that you have brought us here online together for your mission, for your purpose. Use us, help us to serve in an extravagant way. We thank you, Lord. And we pray all of this in the name of our amazing Lord and loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>